Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Tom Butler, and Tom does some really interesting things with discarded cabinet cards. It's a controversial topic for my followers, Tom, but why don't you introduce yourself and then we can talk about why you do what you do. Sure. My name is Tom Butler. I'm an artist. I'm based in uh, Portland, Maine. I'm from London originally, as you can probably tell from the accent. I'm in the States because my my wife and I met at on our MFAs in, in London. And I um, am probably best known for a series of cabinet cards in which I, I paint on the surface with gouache. And I, generally speaking, conceal the faces. I use personal motifs such as hair, geometric patterns, flowers to conceal to varying degrees the features, the faces of the of the sitter in the cabinet cards. Some of them are kind of I don't know. I guess you would describe them as being quite gothic in in certain. I don't know how they look, but yeah, that's that's what I'm best known for. So, how did you get started with this? I mean, I mean, obviously, cabinet cards are near and dear to my heart, and I do everything I can do to have, to identify them, to return them to family. But you've taken a different tact with them. I did. And so, how yeah. did you get started? Like, why a cabinet card? It's a really good question. So at art school, I was always fascinated by photography. I did sculpture at art school. My my BA and my MFAs are both in sculpture. And when you do sculpture, you have to take photographs of your sculpture to kind of prove that they kind of prove that they still exist. And by the time that I, I was finishing my master's, I was kind of as interested in the photograph as I was the object. And then when I left art school and I and I have no money and I have no studio and you know, trying to find my feet again. I started going to thrift stores and antiques markets and I would buy vintage postcards. And this is actually over here in the States. I, I moved to the States in, in 2010. And so I was buying vintage postcards and they were these kind of ready-made environments that I could, I could kind of intervene in, in or with. So I would draw something onto a building, you know, uh, 
a giant bug I would draw onto a building or I would draw, you know, cover a building in, in you know, a particular kind of pattern or there's something kind of bizarre and silly and kind of surreal. And, and it kind of kept my brain going because I didn't have the studio. I didn't have the workshop and had no money. And it was a relatively inexpensive way to continue the, the, the practice on these postcards. And I did that for a, a few, a few years. And then as a, as a kind of, as it goes, I went to the thrift store and they didn't have any postcards and I found a stack of cabinet cards. And suddenly, instead of having a landscape to work on, I had a portrait. And that just shifted everything. And I was like, okay, what can I do with these? And it felt more charged, more loaded, because it because it had this person sitting in this photograph. But that's how I got started. And that was, yeah, that's about 10 years ago. And these are all unidentified cabinet cards, obviously. They are. So I much, much prefer to use cabinet cards that are really, really discarded. So I love the ones that are kind of really dinged up. They're in the wicker basket under a table that are anonymous, that kind of unloved and have found their way through paper auctions or house clearances or or however they get there. I like those ones. They seem to need the most, I don't know, attention. (laughs) They seem to need something that maybe... I, as an artist, could maybe offer. So sometimes, yeah, they, they, they may be a, dis- a short description. I prefer the ones that are really, there's no name, there's no nothing. It's just this anonymous face. Abandoned. Really, yeah. Abandoned yeah, and I, forgotten. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, your, your work is really interesting because it calls attention to the cabinet card, right? In a way that they would be not paid attention to, overlooked as just, I mean, there are thousands of them in millions of them probably, yeah. uh, or, or at least many, many thousands of abandoned images. Yeah. With likely no hope that they would ever end up with a family because there's not much to go on. But you've done some other things as well. Like you've created, you, you actually had an exhibit in England at the Talbot Museum, right? Fox Talbot? I did, Yeah. And for those you created, you use slivers of a cabinet card. That's right. So, so what's the thought behind that, other than the fact that you're making it the pencil of nature, which was what the calotype was called? Yeah, I, I was invited to exhibit at the Fox Talbot Museum at Laycock Abbey. And I went and I visited and I, and I saw the, the kind of education center where where the little kind of exhibition space is and, and you have kind of Fox Talbot's kind of inventions and, and various different paraphernalia. And so naturally I read his Pencil of Nature text and I just kind of got fascinated in this very, very simple way of, of turning pho- photograph kind of back into pencils. I mean, Fox Talbot himself was, was fascinated by improving his draftsmanship through you know mechanical means another way of fixing an image onto onto a page and he is heralded as being you know one of the first if not the first to really kind of fix you know images onto onto the glass plate and and kind of that was to me almost feels like the first domino falling <laughs> in terms of how we you know view the world today 
you know, whether that's you know everything being photographed to mugshots to surveillance to the internet to films to you know, all all things all aspects of photography and i kind of i was just wondered about this idea of well what if you were to sort of kind of devolve the photograph again in this kind of gothic way if things can evolve they can they can devolve as well as the trope in gothic literature and so i i was taking cabinet cards and cutting them into into strips and kind of laminating them like kind of like into these kind of pencil like shapes but they're not exactly pencils they're kind of styluses and these kind of mysterious looking hand tools like a bone folder that you might a book binder might use or a, you know a, a pointer of some description and i made a hundred or so of these kind of pencils as i as i call them and i made them as beautifully as i could and i i waxed them and i sanded them and i made them as as kind of lovely as i as i could and, and exhibited them alongside fox talbot's own kind of inventions in that space really amazing thank you <laughs> <laughs> really amazing any chance you scan these images before you <laughs> do create create them as art it's really really good question so i do I do. And I, and it's something that I, I think about quite a lot because say with the pencil, the pencils of nature, I'm occasionally I'll leave a little bit of the, of the image, maybe on the top of the pencil, you know, an eye. I'm fascinated by eyes or a, a brim of a hat or something like that. But the rest is really kind of buried within the sculpture and it's sandwiched with glue and you're never going to retrieve a photograph again. It's gone. And so I found myself feeling this. Well, I'm not quite sure how to describe the feeling, really, but I was possibly the last person to see this person in the photograph. However abandoned this photograph was and however banged up it was, I kind of felt this weight of responsibility. And so what I found myself doing, and it took a little while to work up the courage to do it as well, but I found myself taking just shots of them on my iPhone. And so I, I wouldn't scan them as as such but I, I kind of took this photograph so they were in in some ways remained even just kind of on my computer yep. so I, I, I thank I, you I, for I, that thank you yeah <laughs> yeah so they do exist but it's something that I'm really interested in this this notion of whether I should or should do that or not well they belong to someone they yeah they they, they, they belong to a family and Someone at one point really wanted them and they went to the studio with intent and purpose. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank goodness yes. you, scan, you scan them or photograph them. No. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, it's, I, I, I did, but it, but it, it speaks to us. It speaks to a bigger question in me, which is as, as an artist. So I'm not an archiver. I'm not a photo historian. My my job as an artist is to is is to make things. And in order to make things, you need to well, you need to destroy things too. You know, you need to break things apart. You know, can't make an omelet without breaking eggs, kind of thing. There is something about this notion of what do you do with all of these photographs that exist in the world. And as much as I love them and I'm fascinated by them, I have to be brave enough to kind of break them apart to make my work. And and that it's not something I take lightly at all, but it's something that I've 
found myself in this position of doing. Well, you know that there's other individuals doing other types of things with old photographs. It seems to be a theme lately. I interviewed a woman. She's in, she, I think she's in Alberta. Stitchography by Emma. Yeah, I, I heard that one. Listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And she makes the, I bought one. <laughs> she, but she mostly uses copies. And then she stitches on them because obviously it's she's reselling them. So there's more money in in making copies and stitching on the copies than there is about having a single yeah. image. But they're quite beautiful. And I found myself really drawn to them. So I had to have one for the collection. <laughs> <laughs> My personal it's collection. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm looking at sort of a screenshot yours called 100 Misfits. Yep. And it's all men and women. So you don't necessarily do this to photographs of children. There, there are some, it's men, women, children, all, all kind of photographs of people. It's mainly men and women. And how long does it take you to create one of these? Well, let's see. For the 100 Misfits show, that was a show I had at 51 Two, which is a, a photography gallery in Antwerp. And... That was, they were gouache on uh, cabinet card. They, they take different amounts of time. <laughs> Sorry to be slightly vague about it, but some, some of the work can take, you know, over a week. Some, some are, are, are more, you know, simple and, and are done and it takes less time. Some gestures with, with the brushwork are really very simple, but I have to kind of do it over and over again to get it right. So they, the different works take different um, amounts of time. Well, I can see that there's time involved here because you have to find the right way of approaching the portrait. Like yeah. some, there, There's one that just draws my attention and it's a man with a mustache and he has sort of a dotted mask on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it calls attention to itself. It's the perfect match. <laughs> Thank you. So where else have you exhibited? So I've been, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. So I have, I have a few galleries. I have uh, Gallery 51, which is in Antwerp. I'm represented by the Photographer's Gallery in London, Charlie Smith, London, also in the UK. And I've just started working with a, a, a brand new gallery here in Maine, Sarah Bouchard Gallery, who's just had a, an opening on, on Saturday. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to plug that shamelessly. And, and she has just opened it with, with a, a show of, of six artists. And I'm showing in that exhibition some different work, other photo-related work. Very nice. Are, um, yeah, they're photo rubbings in, in that exhibition. Photo rubbings? Photo rubbings. What does that involve? <laughs> it involves exactly that. The photo, they're rubbings of photographs. So when you take a rubbing of a, you know, a, a tombstone or an object yeah. or a brass, you, you pick up you know, the, the physical traits of that object. And it's exactly the same with the photograph. So I'm, it's a, they're graphite rubbings, graphite on paper rubbings of found photographs. And the resulting image is denies all of the photographic information and shows only the physical qualities of the actual photograph. So the creases, the, you know, the, the, the wrinkles in the corners, if there's an embossing on the bottom of the photograph, it picks up those qualities. I saw one of these on your website. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. It's like a little gray rectangle. 
or number of gray rectangles. How interesting, because most people look at, or, or my audience looks at photographs for the content. Mm. You know, who's in it? How can we identify who's in it? How can we save that picture? And again, you've taken the conversation in a different direction. You've taken the conversation to, but what are we really seeing? What's the surface of that image? What's actually on that image that we're not paying attention to? Like an embossing. Exactly. And for me, it speaks as much to or more to the person that owned the photograph than the person in the photograph. So if there is a pinhole at the top, you know, has this photograph been pinned onto a wall? You know, that's going to be picked up in the rubbing. Has it been carried around in somebody's wallet and is all, you know, creased and, and, and dinged up at the edges? That's going to be picked up in the rubbing. So what are you thinking? So, you, so I know that art evolves, right? You yeah. start with one thing, then you go to something else, you go to something else, you work on it for a while, and then you start thinking about different things. So in terms of you've done the portraits, you did some self-portraits. Yep, yep. And then the photo rubbings and the pencils, pencil of nature. Yep. Where are you, what ideas are you playing with now? Like which direction are you going to go? Are you going to do more photo rubbings, which are very intriguing? I'll be showing. So I have, I have a solo exhibition at, at Sarah Bouchard Gallery later this summer. I'm working on how to bring these things together to kind of speak to, I guess, speak to kind of what I do as an artist and kind of and what, how all these things connect. I have a meeting later this week with a foundry because I want to see if I can, if I can cast photographs. I can what do you mean? Guy. How are you going to do that? Well, that's why I'm going to go meet with a foundry. I mean, photography is about preserving things. Yes. You know, taking an image and, and preserving it to the point where it could easily outlast, outlive the person in the photograph. I mean, this is what my studio is filled with. You know, photographs of people, the photo survives, but the, these people are no longer with us. Well, I mean, bronze casting is the same. Bronze casting is a way of, of, it's almost like cheating death, really, of, of, of creating something that, that will just last and last and last. And we see this from, you know, museums, exhibits of, of, bronze, of bronze casts. So, so will it look almost like a daguerreotype, only without the shiny reflective? So it'll be on metal mm -hmm. and it will be the actual image. Well, it won't be on metal. It will be metal. Be and they'll, like the rubbings, they're is unlikely to be any photographic information. Again, it's, it's going to be referring to the objecthood of the photograph. So it's going to be the creases, the dents, the curve of the cardboard that the cabinet card is. And I'm going to see if I can render some of that stuff sculpturally, to kind of create this, this bronze cast photograph. So to go that, back to your roots of sculpture. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm working on next. And it may work. It may not work. We will have to see. But I'm, I, that's, that's where the work is headed. Intriguing. Please keep me, <laughs> please keep me posted on that. I will. I, will. I, could, I don't know what this thing is going to look like. And it may just, it, I mean, it, they're so thin. Maybe, maybe the bronze won't, it won't take. It won't work. But I'm really interested in it. And I've told you all my secrets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's all right. This comes out in a month. And, you know, the general audience for this are not people that are out there creating art. <laughs> Your secret is likely safe. 
Okay. I, I also hope I don't, you know, or you get, you know, people writing in and saying, oh my God, what's this guy doing? Well, they <laughs> didn't write in about Emma. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. I think it's all very intriguing. And if anything, it's a cautionary tale for people that don't write names on the back of their pictures. <laughs> exactly. They're going to come to my studio and then you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, I have boxes of images. Some of them I'll never figure out who they are. No, no. And the question for you is, you know, are you going to stay with just cabinet cards? Or, I mean, obviously leave the cased ones alone, please. But maybe the snapshots are very popular these days. No, I'm, fa- I'm really, I'm fascinated by all of it. I mean, I, I collect, um, you know, just kind of vintage photographs of all types. And, and a- again, it's the free floating ones that I'm the most interested in. I love photographs of dogs. There's like a blurry <laughs> photograph of a bit of a dog, you know, old postcards. They tried to take a photograph of a bird in flight. And you can see this bit of wing just in the corner. And it's, so I, I always look for those. And I have a bunch that I, I collect and I don't do anything with because they're so perfect and they're so weird. And so I, I have all that stuff too. It's not just cabinet cards. It's, it's all sorts of things. So I just interviewed B. Wells Douglas, pretty young. He just got out of art school mm-hmm. and he's collecting uh, slides, oh, wow. vintage slides. People are sending him slides that they don't want. And he started studying them from a social perspective but also he's creating these amazing sort of multi-layered images digitally. Yeah. So check out his work because there's a couple of them I'm absolutely in love with where he takes, you know, like a scene from one slide and people from another and makes this, it's not really a collage. I guess you could call it sort of a digital collage, but his, his images are very intriguing and it, it's about more than, the images, it's about what the pictures say about us as a people. I'll look him up for sure. Yeah, look him up. I'm very impressed with him. I think he he could do great things with it. I'm very intrigued with what you're doing. And obviously you're finding some success if you're exhibiting in Antwerp and you're in London, you're not just in Portland, Maine, which yeah. is not saying anything because Portland, Maine actually has a thriving art community. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And and it's exciting to have new things opening up too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for joining me on The Photo Detective. Thank you for, for letting me be in your podcast. Thank you so much. Let me know, you know, you come across thank any photo mysteries you want solved. Awesome. I'll be thank happy so to much. help you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time.
I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.